Welcome to The Fish Nerds, the show about fish, fishing, and eating fish. I'm Clay Groves, Chief Executive Fish Nerd of The Fish Nerds Podcast, Licensed Fishing Guide, and your host. Today, I have with me a very special co-host. I think it might be her first time co-hosting the show, uh, and uh, she's an excellent angler, Beautiful. She's got a good haircut. She has bangs. She has teeth. She has ears on both sides of her head. Eyes in the front of her face. It is the beautiful, the magnificent Sammy Grove. Sammy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. And Sammy, how old are you? In November, I turned eight. All right. Sammy is eight years old, and she's my co-host tonight, and we are going to uh, bring you through the show. Before we do that, Sam, do you know what life insurance is? It's when, um, like, you have a car crash. It's when you, like, have a car crash, you can get, like, insurance and, like, they can cover That's kind of, well, so we have, that's car insurance does that, but life insurance. I don't know life insurance. Well, so imagine if um, mom and dad got in a car accident and we didn't live through it. And then how do you pay your bills? Then? I don't. Well, you don't. Luckily, Mom and I have life insurance, which means if something happens to us, you get a whole bunch of money, and you can pay for the house. And you wow. can pay for college. I know, right? And you can buy a new car and new earrings, whatever you I need. can buy a chicken. And you can buy some new chickens. Now, so this show, our sponsor tonight is Health IQ. Health IQ, um, we, we really appreciate their sponsorship. They came on board here last week. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people like runners, cyclists, strength trainers, vegans, and more. Sam, 56% of Health IQ customers save up to one-third on their life insurance, right? That's a lot of money savings. Um, just like saving money in your car, you can, if you're a good driver, you can pay less for car insurance. If you live a healthy life, you can pay less for life insurance. So if you eat well, you run, if you exercise, what does eating well mean, Sam? It means like... Um Having a lot of salads. Yeah, salad like eaters. Smoothies. Yeah, all you salad smoothie eaters, you guys can save money. Go to healthiq.com slash FNFP. Take a quiz and you are in the game. So that's healthiq slash FNFP. Take a health quiz and you can save money on your life insurance. Uh, and we do appreciate them. Uh, for those who aren't clear on this health IQ is sponsoring the show, and we and we love their money. It helps us keep this show afloat, and supporting our sponsors is how we keep doing this. I don't think um, that people would have salad smoothies. I think, Sam, a, a smoothie with cucumber and ham in it sounds lovely. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> cucumber ham smoothie. Sam, that's a homemade epicac. Do you know what epicac means? No. Epicac is a thing you drink that makes you vomit. I would not eat that. I, but I would love to watch you do it. <laughs> All right. Hey, Sam, today on the show, here's what we got going on. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. I went to the New England Fishing and Outdoor Expo in beautiful downtown Boxborough, Massachusetts. Hung out with my friend Liam in the Backwoods Graphics booth, and I talked to people in the expo hall. I have Doc Martin and Fish Guy Josh are back with their fish of the day. They have the cutest fish of all. What's the cutest fish you can think of? Uh, a minnow. A minnow. Minnows are cute. They have mm-hmm. a fish called the pupfish. 
I know. It doesn't get much cuter than the pupfish. Uh, and of course, we have the news. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Hey, I need two seafood platters and a fish of the day. A what? A fish of the day! Welcome back to another edition of Fish of the Day. Um... I'm Fish Guy Josh, and of course, the uh, star of the show, uh, Doc Martin, is here with us. Hello. <laughs> Setting the bar uh, too high. Is, <laughs> no, no. Doc is back from uh, the Bahamas, correct? Correct. And uh, I'm sure she had all kind of fun experiences while she was out there, and that included um, learning a bit more about this week's Fish of the Day. That's right. And this is actually fishes of the day, um, which I didn't plan on doing until I started to research this particular species. So it's a surprise <laughs> for me, too. <laughs> um, the, Let's get to the fish. The pup fishes. Yay. So um, pup fish are not related to puppies. Let's get that one out of the way first. <laughs> Although one of my very favorite fun facts when I was researching these, I usually save the fun facts for the end, but this whole thing is kind of one big fun fact for me. Um, so, <laughs> so Carl L. Hubs, who's a prominent fish biologist and one oh, yeah. of the, yes, yeah, most of us are probably wouldn't recognize that name if we had anything to do with ichthyology the and geeked out about I, fish. <laughs> I worked at Hubs SeaWorld Research Center. Oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, turns out he got around, man. People know who he is. He did a whole lot in fisheries biology. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he was one of the first people to take an interest in pupfishes in general. And he mm. coined their common name, the pupfish, after he observed their playful circling and tussling, which is the, the aggressive behavior in males, but it resembles, I guess, puppies at play. And that's why they're called the pupfish. <laughs> so I thought that was adorable. That is interesting. <laughs> Science can be cute too, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, I digress. So the pupfishes <laughs> are um, Cyprinodon. That is, I think, the genus and Cyprinodon. Cyprinodon is from Latin Cyprinus, which is carp, and Otis, which is Greek, and that is teeth. So basically, it's coming from this kind of genus of carp minnows, and it's talking about teeth. So it's minnows with teeth. And then, minnows with teeth. Yeah. So jump, jump, jump. Um, and then actually, so fish have lots of different teeth, right? They have the teeth you kind of see if you think of a pike or a walleye, you know, those really aggressive mm -hmm. teeth. And then they have pharyngeal teeth, which are actually kind of down in their throat and are used to crunch yeah. or whatever, depending on what they eat, basically help them aid in digestion. So pharyngeal teeth, super fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It actually is incredibly interesting, like the, the various shapes and functionalities. I mean, even in the some of the native California minnows we have here, just the difference in those teeth is just amazing from like the, like the pike minnow that eats other, you know, other fish to, you know, the carp and it's, mm -hmm. they, it's a whole other 
a whole other segment in itself. Yeah, and um, I think for the first time I saw pharyngeal teeth, I think I was an undergrad, and I didn't know what they were. Um, and so when <laughs> I, I got to learn that these pharyngeal teeth exist in the fish's throat, so to speak, was just yeah. mind-boggling. And then you do see the differences. So like the short, fat ones, or you know, maybe for grinding or predators, and you have really long, thin ones that are going to be more mm-hmm. like your your paddle fishes and things that sift through the water. Um, I was going to say yeah. like whales, but whales aren't fish, right? We all have that fact down. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so Cyprinodon. Now, when I first went down to the Bahamas, um, so if the listeners out there, you have been there before. Maybe you know more about pupfish than I do, which is entirely possible. I was under the impression that there was one endemic species on the island of San Salvador. Okay. And so we went to, uh, it's called Watling's Blue Hole, and it is on the southwest corner of the island. And a blue hole is a yeah. super cool. Um, do you know what a blue hole is, Josh? Fish guy Josh? Um... I don't know the science behind it. I mean, I know there's a few different famous locations called the Blue Hole. Mm-hmm. Um, please, please explain. Yeah, so um, Blue Holes are super cool. Uh, they're mostly hypersaline. It'll kind of depend on where you are. But they're really, really yeah. the surface area of them. So if you're standing on the ground and looking, it, it's very small, like really, really small. Um, you can walk around the circumference of a blue hole in probably less than five minutes. It's it's really, really little, oh, okay. but it's really, really deep. And so there's usually yeah. some connections there uh, that are way deep down, like I think 25 meters or more, depending on where you're at. Whoa. And there can be a cave system under there and linkages to other water bodies. It's super, super cool. Hmm. And then, um, so it is hypersaline. It's usually connected somehow with... The ocean around, although it gets filled with fresh water, and you can see this uh, thermocline or um, even in the, yeah. in the break between fresh and salt water, kind of depending on seasonality and how much rain has happened. And yeah. and they are blue. The one that I saw anyway. Now there's lots of them on this island and other places, but the one that we went to Watlings was it's blue, really blue. Yeah. So super neat little things. Really really cold. So is it like a, almost like a hypersaline spring system, kind of? Um, ooh. I mean, not that, I mean, obviously the water's connected to the ocean, yeah. not just a spring, but right. it kind of functions the same way, like a some sort of cave system and the water's coming up from, from the hole itself? I would say... Yes, <laughs> but I'm not sure if there's any hydrogeologists that would be very upset with that. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. <laughs> they can email in if they have a problem. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, maybe we should get on one of those guys that have a lot more experience than I do yeah. on here. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I got... Uh, I didn't take any pictures of these fish because my camera died and I also lost the cord to it. So I can't even get the pictures I did take off of my camera, which is super great. So we are going to have photos from the other (laughs) professor and then his graduate student. And I've got those. We'll put some of those online for you guys to see some of the pictures that we took while we were down there of this really cool fish. However, it is not just one fish. 
So I thought that there was one species of the pupfish, but it turns out that this is a really cool example of some adaptive radiation where one species um, basically fills a bunch of different niches over a, a relatively evolutionary short amount of time. So for okay. the Cyprinodon, these three species, the normal morph is the Cyprinodon variegatus. So this is the one that we saw. This is the one that when I send in the photos, if you guys go on the Fish Nerds webpage, that's what you're going to see. Now, some of you might have heard of that one before because it can occur as far north as Massachusetts. Ha ha. So ah. I did not know that either. This That name really sounded familiar. That scientific name sounded familiar when you said it. Yeah. And so let's see if we recognize there's a few different common names. Um, it's also called the sheep's head minnow. That's it. Okay. That's, uh, <laughs> that is um, like a, a real popular minnow for bait yes. uh, in Louisiana, in my neck of the woods, where I'm from. Yeah, I love sheep's head minnows. They are so cool. Yeah, so they're super cool. Um, and pupfish in general are super cool. So, yeah. uh, But other common names, if you might have heard, are the variegated minnows, uh, sheep's head killifish, sheep's head pupfish, the broad killifish, and finally, just chubby. That is the last one. <laughs> um, and I think... I have it somewhere on here. I've I've heard at least the New Englanders talk about the mummy chog, the fundulus yeah. heteroclitus. Mm -hmm. So um, they actually look very similar to one another. Um, but these guys, the Cyprinodon variegatus, um, they have a slightly different arrangement of fins. They have a little bit deeper body and they have tricuspid yeah. teeth. And that's what distinguishes them from the mummy chog, which is can be found in the same habitats. They do co-occur together. So very cool. Yeah, look looking at the photo you sent me, I was gonna I made a note here earlier to 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 comment that they wow, they really look a lot like the sheep's head minnow from Louisiana. <laughs> and, and I see why, because it is the exact same one. Go. Hey, good eye, right? <laughs> uh. Uh, okay, so um now we have from this normal in the papers, depending on exactly when they finally did call these three separate species, sometimes they mm -hmm. refer to them as normal morphs or primary species and blah, 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 blah. But they are officially now distinct species. So okay. the first original one is supposedly the Cyprinodon variegatus. That's your uh, sheep's head. Okay. Um, and then there are two other ones, the Cyprinodon desquamatory which is super fun to say. And <laughs> this name, the, um, the species name, Desquamatory, comes from Latin squamere, which translates to the one who removes scales from fishes. <laughs> so if you know anything about your sheep's head, they will eat, um, what is it? De omnivores, detritus, algae, mm -hmm. little microcrustaceans, and different uh, macroinvertebrates. But the desquamatory is a scale-eating specialist, which has a, at least 50% scales in its diet. Wow. Yeah. And it actually uh, it looks very different. So it has an enlarged lower jaw. Um, yeah, it looks incredibly different. Yeah, and so it actually it looks like it has a really big underbite 
and that's to help it get those scales off. And it actually, its primary prey um, for the scales is a species of gambusia out there. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So that guy's really cute. That's an interesting way of making it through life. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And I think, um, so the pupfish here, they call adaptive radiation or species flocks. Um, think of the cichlids. Kind of the, the okay. same deal where there's just a whole bunch of different species occurring in a very small area. So that'd be oh, a really okay. nice, good enough approximation. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then the final one is Cyprinodon brontotheroides. So it's a little bit more of a mouthful, but also just as cool. <laughs> so um, I love this scientific name. This is so nerdy. So it denotes the resemblance <laughs> Of the unique protruding nasal region. So that's the nose. And it almost looks kind of horn-like if you use your imagination. Mm -hmm. And so because of its nose and skull appendages, uh, it looks like an, one of the odd toed ungulate family of Brontotheriidae. Um, so that is extinct. That's an extinct thing, but it's basically an old school rhinoceros <laughs> which i think is just fantastic <laughs> so that i love your enthusiasm for that whole paragraph that was fantastic <laughs> well i really like etymology i think most people know that but just i want to when someone looked at that like someone named this fish and i, I had the name but i forget, i don't remember who it was but looking at the brontotheroides and thinking about a rhinoceros they're not wrong, but that's a pretty solid stretch. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I love this it. guy was certainly a nerd for <laughs> but, primitive rhinoceros when he decided to name this fish. That's exactly right. Like, that's the thing he's thinking about. I bet he's got some awesome wow. hobbies. Or she could be a she. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> it's like, I want to have a beer with the person that named this fish. <laughs> uh, okay. So, three different species, all crammed together in a pretty small environment. Yeah, and so um, over the whole island, there's lots of different lakes and blue holes. Um, there's uh, I have some source, source papers down here. We'll put up those sources later, but they actually list all the different lakes and or blue holes that these different species are found in. So some oh. of them co-occur, some of them don't. Um, sometimes there's one or more species, depending on exactly which body of water you're talking about. All right. Now, I know everyone loves taxonomy as much as I do. So, <laughs> um, how could they not? I know it's so cool. <laughs> All that Latin and Greek, it just gets you going in the morning. <laughs> um, so, when you hear the Cyprinodontids uh, or Cyprinodon, you might think mm -hmm. of Cyprinidae, which are the minnows, um, uh -huh. my, my favorite family of fishes. But um, they are actually not more closely related to Cyprinidae, they're actually considered near allies of the pikes and their relatives, which is pretty neat. Huh. Yeah. I would not have guessed that. I know. <laughs> That's why I thought that was cool, too. So there's a little bit yeah. of relationship stuff for you. <laughs> um, oh, and 
quick side note, my undergrad advisor, Dr. Mel Bernot, she actually worked with the desert pupfish. Um, I, I didn't get to do that oh, work with cool. her, but that's some of the stuff that she has done um, out at Ball State, yeah. which is pretty some pretty cool stuff. So she's got a lot of experience going out and finding these guys in their crazy habitats. Um, pupfish are known for being kind of like the extremophiles. They, they occur in really, really strange places. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. <sighs> okay. I, I think I even remember a, a fish in the news about those guys that killed a few pupfish when they tried to go swimming or skinny dipping in one of those uh, desert springs or something like that. I, th- I seem to recall that. I think you are correct. Yes, I also recall that, which is uh, unfortunate, but hopefully yeah. a learning experience for those folks. <laughs> and we'll all work to be better people in the future, one, right? <laughs> one, one can only hope. Yeah. Got to stay positive. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> okay, Um. so a little bit about just the basic habitat. We've kind of talked about these blue holes and these lakes. A lot of them are very hypersaline. These pupfishes have a wide tolerance of salinity. So that's great for them. Um, the San Salvador Island, for, for those of you who haven't been there or haven't seen it, it's super fun to do on Google Earth. You can actually see the Jurace Research Center and all the blue holes from Google Earth, which is really cool. cool. Um, but it's, it's small. It's 22 by 10 kilometers. Big. That's it. So wow. if you go around, if you <laughs> drive the circle, it's the Queens Highway that circles the whole thing. You can start, go all the way around and stop in probably just a couple hours. Like that's the whole island. So it's very small. Um, and the cool thing about the native freshwater-ish, <laughs> saline-ish fish there <laughs> is you have your cyprinodons. So you have the three pupfish. And then you have mm-hmm. uh, Gambusia puncticulata. So that is the Caribbean Gambusia. So mosquito fish. That's what those are. Okay. So we have um, the most common one, I think, is Gambusia affinis, at least around here. Um, they look like guppies. They're the really unfancy version mm-hmm. of guppies. Um, live bearers, kind of closely, closely-ish related to the pupfish. Yeah. Um, but this is another one. The ent- the etymology for the all these fish is fantastic. I'm just going to do a couple more because I can't help it. So <laughs> gambusia is a Cuban term from gambusino, which means nothing. So it's usually like in the context of a joke. So like if you're going out and you're going fishing, um, I don't know if we have any of the fish sterns that get teased often for not catching fish. I can think of a couple <laughs> off the top of my head. But you would be gambusinos, which is when one catches nothing. <laughs> so ah. I thought that was really funny that that's how it got its genus name. <laughs> um, a couple other fish around there are the Atheronomorus stipes, and that is the hardhead silverside. Um, this one has a really great etymology too, but I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to save this one for later. And then finally, um, the mangrove killifish, which I think I'm not a hundred percent, but I think I did the mangrove killifish as a fish of the day way, way back when I first came on with the fish nerds. And these things are super cool and I didn't get to see them this time. So I'm going back in two years. I'm going to find those little buggers because they've been found like actually inside the wood of the mangroves. Like you open it up and the fish will fall out. There's some really cool cool. YouTube videos of it. It's awesome. It's also (laughs) one of the few species I'm writing the children's book that has been rejected 
so many times. <laughs> um, but that's one of the few species I actually call out specifically by name in that book because it's really neat. Okay. So I'm a little upset I didn't get to see it this time, but I am going back. Um, and another cool thing about um, just in general, the, the habitat and lakes, uh, spe specifically in regards to the pupfish, is that we always think of evolution as taking you know, a really long time, which is true. Um, but the maximum age for these lakes is between six and 10,000 years. So that means... Wow. Right. So you have the one species that was there originally, and now you have three. Uh, that's a relatively short amount of time to get that speciation, which is just super cool. Yeah, that that seems incredibly fast for mm -hmm. something like that to occur. Right. Yeah. So super neat. Huh. And just another yeah. another tick on on their super cool points there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Let's see. I think I just have a little bit about reproduction, and okay. I think that might be the last little bit that I've got here. Um, so many species in the Cyprinodontiformes, um, are ovoviviparous, um, and some of them are actually, um, ovoviviparous, let me define, sorry, many species are ovoviviparous, <laughs> so that means the embryos develop inside the eggs, and those eggs remain inside the mother's body until they're ready to hatch. So that's very similar to viviparity, and that's what humans do. So human females are viviparous, if you want to say it that way. Um, and then basically the big difference is, so if if I had babies, I would give birth to live young. And technically the Soprinodontiformes can give birth to live young, but... With them, they're actually developing inside those eggs. They don't have a placental connection with the mother, and yeah. um, they receive their nourishment from the yolk sac. So there are technical differences. And then the ovoviviparous, viviparous, ovoviparous, and all those different things, um, it's more of a guideline than a category, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so so it, it sounds like they basically lay their eggs but keep them in their body once they're laid and then they just hatch and develop there instead mm -hmm. of externally in a nest or something like that yes and that's true for a lot of these however not these three haha -ha. so these okay. guys actually do lay their eggs that are adhesive and they stick to plants so okay. when you think of the cyprinodontiformes and some of the other things like you think of maybe live bears, like a lot of the killifish and the, the guppies and stuff like that. But, but that's not true for all of them. And so the Cyprinodon variegatus is an example where they actually, they do lay their eggs. Um, and they, uh, are super fast at it. They are born and they are sexually mature after three months. Wow. Super fast. Go get them. There's em. no messing around here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the males construct little nest pits. Um, that's what they use to attract the females. Like, what's up? Check out my nest. It's awesome. Um, and then when they're mating, <laughs> some of the males will turn really bright blue. They fiercely will defend their nests. Um, females can spawn at one to seven day intervals. Wow. Which is like a quick turnover. Yeah. <laughs> and then... The, um, usually deposit one to 300 eggs per spawning period. 
And then um, it says here that they usually spawn in, I think, the spring-ish or summer-ish, but they have been observed mm -hmm. to spawn kind of all year round. It's just there's more spawning happening in the summer, kind of. Yeah. So, um, which if you've ever been down into that area, really there's not much of a temperature fluctuation, so to say. It's mostly a, a water fluctuation, um, yeah. wet season, dry season, stuff like that. Um. Yeah, I think I think that's all I've got. I don't know. That's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, is that, is that all? Know, oh, sorry. I don't even know how long I've been talking. Oh, wow, twenty five minutes. <laughs> Feels like five seconds. Um, uh, but I was really excited to see these guys, and I'm I'm really disappointed. Uh, this is bad scientist Erica. Shame on me. I should have really read a lot of these papers before I went to the Bahamas, and that way I would have really appreciated. Well. I would have appreciated it more. However, now that I think about it, if I would have done this before, then I would have just made the whole class go on a search for all these fish with me. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, um, it's pretty hard bargain to get students excited about like a one inch brown yeah. fish when you're surrounded by the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no. Get away from the, the, the beautiful reef. Come over here. Look yeah, at this little minnow. Check out this, this tiny hole full of I muck that you have to step in and it smells really funny. It's super fun. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody squat down around this hole. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> All right. Well, we're glad you're back. We're glad you made it safe. Uh, we're even... Happier that you brought us a cool fish of the day. Who, who'd have thought? That's Sheephead right. minnow, also in the Bahamas. And it created two new species, uh, which I'm super, I am. Yeah. That, that is really interesting. That, that is a really short amount of time to, uh, to have two more new species. Oh, yeah. Off. And That's I've already cool. talked to the other professor, and I was like, dude, we're going back in two years, and we're finding those other ones, right? Like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I'm, I've got my next adventure set in stone <laughs> awesome <laughs> next adventure looking for fish <laughs> in a mud hole <laughs> well science doesn't science sometimes smells really terrible and that's just how it is <laughs> yeah that's how it goes <laughs> well right on doc martin we appreciate it and um Let's get together soon for our next that fish of the day. Great. And as always, if you, uh, any fans out there have recommendations for fish of the day or general sciencey nerdy questions, you can always call the Fish Nerds hotline and leave your question there, or you can find me on the Fish Nerds podcast Facebook page. Awesome. All right. Well, Doc, we will uh, see you next time. All right. Thanks, Fish Guy. Josh, take you it easy. You too. Bye bye. All right, and we're back. And again, this show is brought to you by Health IQ. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates on your life insurance. Oh, I got a text, Sam, from Vinny. Vinny says, <laughs> Vinny says, do you have life insurance? Because the lake is looking terrible out there. You know, ice fishermen, Sam, should have life insurance in case they, they sink through the ice. You think so? Yeah. How much money do you think it costs to, if, if I don't run around, how much money do you need to live your life? 82 million. 82 million. We better call Health IQ. 56% of Health IQ customers save up to one third on their insurance 
so check them out at healthiq.com slash FN, Fish Nerds FP, Fishing Podcast, and take their health quiz. Uh, outdoorsmen like fishermen and hunters, Sam, count as healthy people, you know. Mm. Are you a healthy people? Yeah. Sam is also a healthy people. You do not need life insurance yet, Sam. I know. But you can bet your booty I've got an insurance policy out on you just in case. <laughs> I have enough. You have enough money? <laughs> you got 12 bucks saved up in your piggy bank? 82. 82 bucks. All right. Go to F- healthiq.com slash FNFP to save money on your health insurance. The show is also brought to you by our listeners, Sam, the people at patreon.com. Uh, if you like the show and you want to donate to the show, we're asking listeners to give a dollar an episode, that's $4 a month, to help keep this pirate ship floating. We need money to make this show every month, Sam. No, we we need money to keep the ice shanty on the ice. And keep the ice shanty from sinking through the ice. Uh, and your money helps pay for uh, production costs, travel expenses, recording costs, uh, Sam's haircut, and other things that we might need <laughs> to keep the show going. Go to um, go to patreon.com slash fishnerds and support the show. If you give us two bucks an episode, I'll send you a Fish Nerds hoorag. If you give us five dollars, you get a hat. Twenty-five, and I'll mention your business. Do you know who Josh Lopes is, Sam? Um, yeah. Yeah, Josh Lopes. He lives on our driveway, doesn't he? Uh-huh. So Josh Lopes gives us twenty-five dollars, and guess what? He owns a tax company called LopesTax.com. And if see if you're in Massachusetts and need help with your taxes, go to LopesTax.com. Tell Josh the Fishner sent you, and uh, he'll give you a good break on your taxes. Okay, mm-hmm. Patreon.com/slash/Fishner to support the show. Starting in February, all Patreon subscribers. Every month, I'm going to do a drawing and give them away cool swag. February is our first drawing, and I've got all kinds of cool fish nerd stuff to dun, give away. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. News, news, fish in the news. Everybody loves their fish in the news. Sam, do you love fish in the news? I love fish in the news. All right, let's do some news together. Okay. This, oh, here's a great story, Sam. This is the headline. You ready for this? Lake ice grows safer to venture out on with each beer consumed. This is in the science and technology section of the news from Minneapolis. According to a report released Monday by researchers at the University of Minnesota, the layer of ice atop a frozen lake grows intermediately, intermentally thicker, or incremental, I can't say the word. Incrementally. Thank you, Sam. Incrementally, incrementally thicker. What is that word? Intermentally. Increment- <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it Neither. either. Incrementally thicker and safer to venture out onto with each beer that an individual consumes. And this is a quote. While the surface ice covering a lake may pose a very real hazard of collapsing under the weight of a sober subject, we discovered that the same ice becomes progressively more sturdy with each 12-ounce can of beer a subject puts it back, said lead researcher Robert Piper noting that the ice sheets atop lakes as well as large ponds and certain rivers could be rendered... i got a pop-up ad in front of my news here, Sam. <laughs> uh, could be rendered... Let's read the sentence over again. Three, two... While the surface ice covering a lake may pose a very real hazard of collapsing under the weight of a sober subject... 
we discovered that this same ice becomes progressively more sturdy with each 12-ounce can of beer the object puts the subject puts back, said lead researcher Robert Piper, noted that the ice sheets atop lakes as well as large ponds could be rendered virtually impervious to cracking beneath a man who drinks a lot of beers. Sam, do you think that's real news? Yeah. You think no. that's... No, that's pretend. Definitely that, not. That is a pretend story from the... Totally fake. Totally fake. That is from a magazine called The Onion. So two... Okay, Sam, from AOL. Sushi fan discovers a five-foot tapeworm living inside his body. First of all, do you know what sushi is? Sushi. What is it? It's um, raw fish. It's raw fish wrapped in seaweed. It's raw fish. Wrapped in seaweed. Wrapped in seaweed, right. And do you know what a tapeworm is? It's this long one that when it, um, when it gets cut, it turns into more. Right, and where does it live? Bodies. In your bodies, right. Do you know what part of the body it lives in? Um, your stomach. Okay, let me help you with this. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to help you. A California man with a love for raw fish went to the emergency room where he told doctors about a gross discovery he made while using the bathroom. Among the doctors he shared this exciting story with was Dr. Kenny Bond, an emergency physician at Community Regional Medical Center, who recently told the story of his patient to the producers of This Won't Hurt a Bit, a podcast for curious health consumers. Have to check out the show. According to Bond, the man initially came in complaining about bloody diarrhea, but later told doctors he really wanted to get treated for worms. Bond said he was skeptical at first, like many other ER doctors, of patients self-diagnosing themselves. But that was until the patient handed him proof in a grocery bag. So, Sam, do you know where tapeworms live now? Where you poop? In your poop hole. That's right. They live <laughs> and this was five feet long. Do you know how long five feet is, Sam? So you're about four feet. So bigger so than a you. Foot bigger than me. Yeah. And he found it in his butt while he was <laughs> pooping. <laughs> yeah. So do you know how to get tapeworm out? You have to eat poison. Well, okay, eating poison is one way. There's another way. Oh, I don't know the other oh. way. So <laughs> here's what he did. This is a quote. I took out a toilet paper roll and wrapped it around it. Of course it it was it's is what looks like a giant long tapeworm. Uh, Bond said the parasitic worm measured 5.5 feet long and unraveled and laid out on the emergency department floor. Just my height, the doctor said. Oh my God. The patient told Bond he discovered the uh, helminth, the general term for a parasitic worm, as it began to wriggle out as he was using the bathroom. So he was pooping and he noticed something moving from his poop. So he grabbed a toilet paper roll and he took the tapeworm and he wrapped it around and just kept rolling it out of his butt. Until the whole thing was out. Yeah. The patient was administered a pill for treatment that would expel the rest of the parasite from his body. So he does take poison for it. Bond said the patient swore that he hadn't traveled anywhere outside the U.S. or did anything out of the normal that he thought could have put him in risk of such an infection. But he did confess he had a love for a raw salmon sushi. He says, I eat raw salmon almost every day. So, Sam, how common do you think these are? Um... Rare. Rare. Do you think you've ever eaten food with tapeworm in it? No. Okay, you have. In fact, I caught a tapeworm, uh, a salmon, in Lake Wimpasaki when, when you were little. You were probably two. And I grilled it. And when I put it on the grill, this worm started crawling up out of the meat. 
and I took it out, I put it on my finger, I took a photo of it. Then I burned the worm in the fire, I cooked the fish, and I gave it to you and Mom and Sam to eat. But I am Sam. Yes, I gave it to you and Mom and Sam. Oh, you and Mom and Zoe to eat. So, But do you think you ate tapeworm? No. No, and if you did, I would have had it cooked up and it wouldn't have mattered. So a lot of salmon uh, has tapeworms. A lot of fish has tapeworms. And there's just two things. With sushi, maybe really fresh sushi is a scary thing because you can get tapeworms. So it should be like you know, a, lot of, a lot of that stuff is frozen at sea when you have less tapeworms and stuff in it. Or cooked fish, of course, won't have any worms at all. So you can maybe you want to cook your fish or check it out before you eat it. And you can see tapeworms, Sam. So if you just look at your fish, you might be able to see them unless there's like a little tiny egg in there. Let's see what the CDC says about tapeworms. Uh, the CDC says there's been an outbreak of Japanese tapeworms in Pacific caught salmon. A mystery was solved for the patient who quickly vowed he will never eat salmon again. <laughs> I would still eat it. By the way, salmon, you want to lose some salmon? <laughs> I called you salmon. <laughs> By the way, you want to lose some weight? Eat, eat some tapeworms. Uh, that's so gross. Why? So gross because it eats all your food as you're eating, living your intestines. All right, this is from WMUR. Sam, WMUR is our local news here in New Hampshire. Ooh. I know. But the news actually comes from Switzerland. Ooh. I know. So lobsters are a delicious delicacy loved by coastal dwellers across the world, but is boiling them alive inhumane. What do you think? Does it mean to boil a lobster? Kind of. Kind of? Yeah, but they like can pinch off your fingers. So it's either us or them. If you don't boil them, they're going to eat you. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, in a new law, the Swiss government has banned the common culinary practice of throwing the crustaceans in boiling water while they are still alive. For March 2018, lobsters being pre prepared in Switzerland will need to be knocked out before they're put to death or killed instantly. They'll also get other protections uh, while in transit. What do you think about that? I don't like that. Why not? I don't actually care. I don't eat lobsters. You don't even care. All right. Uh, so this is the lobsters. Live crustaceans, including lobsters, may no longer be transported on ice or in ice water. Aquatic species must always be kept in their natural environment, says the new law according to Swiss Info. Crustaceans must now be stunned before they are killed. The new edict comes in the wake of a recent Italian law that decreed lobsters can't be kept on ice in restaurant kitchens. Switzerland's decision applauded by Professor Robert Elwood, Emeritus, Emeritus Professor of Ecology, Evolution, Behavior, and Environmental Economics in Queen's University in Belfast. Elwood has conducted a series of experiments and suggests crustaceans are sentient and that boiling them alive is inhumane. Do you know what inhumane means? It means um, not good and mean. Yeah, it means kind of being mean. All right, so... It's just like bullying to your food. Yeah, become a food bully, right? I'm a food bully! I'm a food bully! Don't bully my lobsters! Don't bully my lobsters no more! Yeah, so I think I think a lobster dies very fast when you drop it in boiling water. Yeah. However, one of the things a lot of people will do is they'll take a knife and they'll just smash it into his brain, kill him just like that, and then boil him so they don't feel the lobster, any, any pain. So... Anyway, uh, one of our Facebook fans suggested that uh, this band first started back in Nazi Germany. I had to research it. He was, in fact, correct. However, I don't think there's any correlation to being nice to animals and being a Nazi. So we're going to leave that right where it's at. And that is the end of the fish in the news. Sam, what would you think about that? I loved it. I love fish in the news. All right. 
my visit to the New England Fishing and Outdoor Expo in Boxborough, Massachusetts. We're live at the New England Fishing and Outdoor Expo. Yeah, I'm here with Liam from Backwoods Graph. Now, Backwoods Graphics, you make our decals. Yes. You just made me a great big vinyl poster for my shanty, which Absolutely. I'm excited about. Totally needed a new one. And and uh, but you're really excited about your um, your printing on metal and wood. You're, can you tell us about what your your big sell is today? Yeah, so what I come to the show to market is what I call memory mounts. You email me a picture that you took on your phone of you with an incredible catch or if you hunt uh, you know, a, a wonderful harvest, and I'll print it to an 8x12 or 12x8 piece of either aluminum or wood. It gets a UV laminate to protect the image from the sun. It comes with all the hardware that you need to mount it to your wall, which includes number six screws and drywall mounts. Good. Yeah, people really care about the screw size. I'm glad you pointed that out because number seven, they're like, get the hell out of here. I'm not going to buy it. That's way too big to put in my drywall. That's right. No such thing as number seven. So um, and, and have you sold any today? Uh, I have, actually. I've sold one, and a lot of people take business cards. It's just a matter of getting them to commit to it. That's good. Well, I'm going to order one. i got to find the right fish picture for it. I hear that a lot. But, but I, I ha- I'll do it. And <laughs> just so I'll have it. And uh, you're going to hear me here all weekend. Absolutely. Um, but this will air on Monday, so you'll be gone. So if people come to the show on Monday, they're out of luck. No, they won't get in. They won't get in. But they can find your website where? Uh, www.backwoods-graphics.com. Yeah, and of course, links are always at fishnews.com. So yes. you just click right on through or connect with us on Facebook. We're always sharing your stuff. Or you can catch me on Facebook at Backwoods Graphics LLC. LLC, because it's a real business. Oh, I'm a real business. I'm the yeah. president. <laughs> Chief executive. Owner operator. Nerd. Yeah. So anyway, what's um what do you think the highlights of the show are so far? What should we be looking for? Um, you should be looking for Line Cutters LLC is here. Darren and Josh, Josh from Combat Ops Fishing, both great guys. So Vance couldn't be bothered to drive all the way out here. I don't know. I, Vance is doing another show. They yeah. they do coast to coast now. They're huge. They're huge. They hit the big time. Yeah. Uh, yep. And they were on our show before they won Shark Tank. Yes, I remember that. Keep add to the list. You are the platform the, to winning Shark Tank. Stepping stepping stone to Shark Tank. <laughs> so um, we had a caller call in uh, with the Stump the Fish number six zero seven three seven eight fish. I'm going to play that call right now. Yes. Oh, hi, this is Ud Gallifrey from the Occulte Veritatis Podcast. Uh, you can find us at www.ovpod.ca. I guess uh, the question I have is, what's the most unexpected place you've caught a fish? I remember that I was fishing the lake for lake trout, and I had my line had to be 150 feet down in northern Saskatchewan Lake, and there were some really quick nibbles, and I pulled it up, and it, there was a perch on the end of the line. I never encountered a perch uh, that far down. So I guess, what's the most unexpected place you guys have caught a fish? Okay, so so in case it wasn't clear what he asked, because some phone calls are funny, he was asking, where is the strangest place you've ever caught a fish? I don't know. I usually just catch them out of... Lakes? That's the most boring answer. That's not what he's looking for. I understand. Yeah, we got a customer right over there. Oh, he walked away. You That's missed okay. a sale. Well, strangest place. If you could think of a strange place you've caught a fish, we'll bring it back. But that's a question we're asking at the expo today. One question to any vendor I talk to. McDonald's. Fish fillet. Fillet fish. And trivia, what kind of fish is it? Tilapia. No. 
Paddock? No. God. Uh, Pollock, Alaskan Pollock. Pollock. Yeah. And theoretically, according to McDonald's website, it is sustainable. We don't know how they measure that. But, I wouldn't trust it. Um, but I don't know how they get nice square fillets. And that then, is what do you do with the corners like after you cut the fillet out? That's the question. If I ever get to interview the fish nuggets? fishmonger, they don't sell them. Maybe it's like chicken nuggets, like where it's processed and then it's nice. It's flaky though. It's different. It is flaky, yeah, right. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've had. World fish. may never know. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you know the answer, call six zero seven three seven eight fish and let us know. We're dying to know. All right, Clay Groves, I am here at the New England Fishing and Outdoor Expo with Go Fish Dan himself. Famous for Go Fish Dan TV. Is that what it's called? Go Fish Dan Show on YouTube. But yeah, it's Go Fish Dan. Anyway, that's, what the, that's what I go by. Yeah, and you built your brand on that, and now you've got this expo you've been running for a bunch of years now. How many years in are we there here? This is uh, my sixth one. I did two at the DCU. Now we're at the Box for Regency. This is year four, and it's Friday, and it's already cranking. So it's good. This is a great event. I've, I've, I've been to a couple other expos this year, uh, and the energy there is nothing like this. This is, this is the place to be. Um, I have a question for you, though. We, we had a caller call into the show and ask us to ask everybody here at the show, where is the strangest place you ever caught a fish? Strangest place I ever caught a fish? Boy, that would be in a cemetery pond in Worcester, Massachusetts. I grew up in Worcester. We used to ride our bikes. And not to make a long story, but there was a cemetery, and it had this little puddle of a pond, and we actually used to catch kivers and perch out of it. And for those who don't know what a kiver is, help us out. A kiver. Sunfish, panfish. Some, sometimes people call them a pumpkin seed or a bluegill. But, yeah, it's in that class, but it's a kiver. In New Hampshire, some people call them kibbies. I've heard kibbies as well. So um, what's the, what do you think people should, if they're coming to a show like this, what should they be looking for? And what's the attraction to bringing a family to a place like this? So for the family, first of all, kids 12 and under are free. It's only $10 admission at the door for adults, and it's free parking. On top of that, we have high-quality vendors. That's why there's a buzz in electricity here, because we don't, we don't allow any pots and pans, no windows, no bath fitters, no doors, no garbage, no flea market. This is all quality, major brands, major retailers, major manufacturers. And, uh, and for 10 bucks, my goodness, I mean, the, the stuff that we have here on display is phenomenal. For the kids, trout pond, catch trout all day. I don't care. Shoot archery and do that all day. Yeah, plus kids like fish because fish are cute. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe little Johnny, or should I say Clay, may grow up to be Fish Nerd Junior. If we're only, if we're very, very lucky, what's your website? GoFishNan.com, and the expo is AnyFishAndExpo.com. Yeah, and, and by the time this airs, it'll be over, so you have missed it. So next year, they can start, and if people have a um, product or they want to book space, they can start booking for next year, next week? Absolutely. Next week, it's, it's when it starts. I actually start working on it the week after the expo, AnyFishAndExpo.com, and we'll see you next year. All right, thanks, Dan. Awesome. Thanks, Clay. Hi, I'm Jason Haskins with BogHog.com. And we're having our friend anniversary. We've known each other one year. Yep. Met here last year. Had a yep. great time. I feel like we've become friends on Facebook. Yeah. I watch your business grow. I'm excited about it. So, um, question I'm asking everyone here. Strangest place you ever caught a fish? Storm drain. Where was it? In Florida. What's the scenario? Like, Are you talking like a runoff like through a little hole in cement? Yeah, like literally right on the side of the road. Like where it lives? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, <laughs> That's what we thought we had, was it. Uh, and what kind of fish? 
Always a bass. A, ba- a large mouth. A large mouth bass. No I'm kidding. Yeah. I've seen people do that. Yeah. And so why not? That's what sparked it. <laughs> <laughs> you saw someone else do it. Like, I'm going to do that? Yeah, i got to try it. Perfect. Perfect. And where can people find your baits? Uh, you can find them at boghog.com. You can check us out on Facebook, like us there, uh, Instagram. Now, and I think it's important people know what's special about your baits and why I like you so much. Our baits are all lead-free and they're handmade yeah. uh, in Massachusetts. So, and we support that and we're going to continue to support that. Yeah, so the indie lures, the, the um, lead-free is really important. And I'll be running your baits under the ice this winter yep. uh, with my guide service. So I'll be back, excited about back to that. later to pick some up and we'll be sharing pictures at Facebook and at fishnerds.com. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. So that's no good. Okay, <laughs> we're back again. This is my second year seeing Rob from Deuce Fishing Rods. Rob, what's the website? It is uh, deucerods.com. Very simple, just deucerods.com. I feel like we're all friends because we see you twice and now. Like, it's like we're best buddies. Yeah, I mean, it was funny because I actually listened to the podcast we did last year. I, I made sure I listened to it so I could see what I'd see here this year. And I do so many shows, sometimes I forget. So I wanted to see what the New England show was going to be. Yeah, it's a good round robin of the space here. And today, this show will be smaller. I'm only here one day. This is it. Yeah. Um, so, Rob, so first of all, what is Deuce Rods? Uh, we are a spiral-wrapped rod company. So all of our rods are not traditionally wrapped, so our guides don't move up straight the rod. They actually wrap around the rod in a, a, a spiral. And why does that matter? It takes, Sorry. That's okay. So it takes the, the torque of a fish. We, we're all fighting a fish, and when that fish moves left and right, your hand will start to move where the reel is, and it will produce a little slack to pop a hook. With, the, with these rods, the top of the rod will do a 360, and your hand on the reel will stay completely straight. Perfect. And here's the question I'm asking all the vendors today. Where is the strangest place you've caught a fish? Uh, I was just in China, actually, and we caught some strange fish in China. What were you catching? Uh, They call them sea bass, and it's like a hybrid of a speckled trout that you see down south and a largemouth bass that you see here. So it had the weirdest streamlined body with the spots, but a mouth that just like you'd see in in a bass here in the States. And why were you in China? Uh, I was visiting factories, actually. So uh, I work for a lot of different companies in the industry, and I, I go check uh, quality control of their products being shipped here for the launches around the Bassmaster Classic. That's amazing. You guys hiring? <laughs> I, I could barely afford myself. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. I know other people. But it is, uh, I mean, we, we talked about it last year that the industry is a really cool thing to be around. Totally fun. All right. So thanks, Rob, from Deuce Fishing Rods. Links up at fishnerds.com. Final words? Uh, get out there, fish. Everybody should fish. Get them out. Good for your soul. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. I'm with Jack from Daddy Mac Lures. Long-term uh, Fish Nerds fans will know Jack because we fish with him. We interview you at least once a year. Oh, yeah. So, first of all, what's the big thing this year? What's the, what, do people, what do you need people to know about this year in your catalog? What's the yeah, so we've uh, expanded the Viper Series. We've expanded the Viper Series. We've... Uh, Added additional colors uh, that we know are popular across all. Yeah. So it really the, the, just people don't know, the Viper series are these hinged baits that they, they look like real fish. I use the Viper um, minnow, the 6 to 4 inch, 3 inch, 3 inch. And I use the Viper, um, I, my favorite is the Yellow Purge Viper. The smallmouth bass fishing, it's unbelievable. So good. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's Kevlar that runs through the middle. Love them. They, they have a serpentine motion. Yeah. But yeah, just expanding those colors to be consistent across all the line. Uh, you know, oftentimes people will say, oh, do you have this color 5 inch? And we say no. So that was, we put a lot of effort. But if you that. say no, they can't buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, we've added the colors across all the entire line now, which is good. And then we're developing some new baits that are not ready right now, but we're going, uh, going big. Yeah, these super secrets. You showed them to me. I won't disclose until yeah. you tell me to. Yeah. I'm also going to say is they look dangerous and awesome and like a piece of artwork. I want to hang one on my wall. Yep. 
you know, because they're actually, I, I eat fish smaller than the bait you're talking about. So, pretty yes. amazing. Well, let's share pictures once you're ready to, to let us know. Yeah, yeah um, not quite ready yet. What's your website? Uh, DaddyMacLewis.com. Easy, right? And where is, this is a question I'm asking everyone, where is the strangest place you ever caught a fish? Strangest place I've ever caught a fish. That's interesting. Let me think about that. I don't know if I've had any strange places. I don't really fish strange places. Do you fish strange places? I do, I do. Any puddle I see on the side of the road, sewer drains, yeah, wherever I've I see sewer drains and I've seen it, but I've never had that. Yeah. I've caught frogs through the sewer drain. I have too. I've never caught a fish through one. I've tried to catch fish and yeah. you, you get the frogs and they scream. Have you heard them scream? No. Uh, you get a green frog, not a bullfrog. The green frogs go, ah! That's awful, yeah. Do you enjoy that? No, no, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, good. All right, that's daddymaclures.com. Yes. Cool, perfect. Thanks, sir. Little Jack. Bigger Little Jack. Junior. Is it Junior? No. No. Just Small Jack at Daddy Maclures. So the question we're asking everybody, where is the strangest place you've caught a fish? Tell us a story. Well, I was fishing for bass during the spawn. Well, it was after the spawn. And there was a female bass guarding all the fry and I went to cast right on the bass but I cast it into a tree and I let my line fall into the water and as I was trying to get it out the bass came up and ate the lure right on the top of the water and then I had to swim into the water to get the bass out of the tree and then I had to release it fantastic thank you so much for sharing that story that's good and did you eat it oh you released it yeah, I really. Oh, that's awfully nice of you. Good job. So we are here. We're with Captain Mel Truitt. I've known Mel. We've known each other for like gosh, must be seven or eight years now. Yeah, since uh, up in New Hampshire. There. Yeah, from the Rockingham Rock Expo Rock. years and years ago, and uh, we're here at um, in Boxborough at the uh, New England Fishing and Outdoor Expo. And you're from Fishnet Charters. Yep, Fishnet Charters, Captain Mel True. We also got the Wicked Coolies, and we got the Captain Mel True Rods, and Birdie Jig, and Johnny Jigs, and we're just killing it. We're having a good time. Yeah, I've never met anyone more sponsored than you, so yeah, I always like yeah. talking to you. But hey, we're asking one question today to vendors here. It's ready. You ready for this one? Yep, shoot it. Question is, where is the strangest place you've ever caught a fish? Strangest place you've ever caught a fish. I would say it's, it would probably be underneath a highway um, in like a little a little uh, drainage hole, and I was scooping up hemp for bait. In a drainage yeah. ditch. And, and, and uh, yeah, it was just a, a river creek that went underneath the highway, and you sort of stuck your net out, and you caught your herring as it came up and run. That's it was weird. It was Perfect. Weird, yeah. Perfect. And how's business? Awesome. Yeah. Very busy. Yeah. yeah. And are you you're guiding year round now, or are you? Uh, we do a little bit of ice fishing charters, but yeah. we just lost our ice, so that sort of might have blown us out for the rest of the season. Yeah. Where, where are you out of? We're out of uh, Freetown, Mass. Freetown, so Mass. We're going, yes. Is that down near the Cape, or is that? Yeah, out towards yeah. the Cape, you know, just the side of the uh, canal. And, you know, not known for their things. not known for their ice. <laughs> not known for their ice, yeah. but when we get it, it's epic. Yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm in my second year of guiding on the ice as a, yeah. running a charter, and it's. I think boat it might be easier on a boat than on the ice. There's so much, so much gear to transport. Well, I, was, I think it's the other way around. Because I haven't <laughs> done both. I haven't done both, uh, so what do I know? Ice fishing was so easy. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's your style? You set traps yeah, and wait? Yeah, we set traps. Most, mostly I do it like February vacation. It's not my thing. It's just something that, you know, a little filler for me to do in between the shows. Mm. We, get, you know, we get a lot of families that come out, and, you know, I do two half-day trips, and 
we can put the tilts in and the flags are going off in case you can pick them and perch and tackle the sacks. Beautiful thing. And it's, it's just a fun time. We came off of uh, 2017, it was our best season ever. Fishnet charters, and, you know, we fished a ton. Yeah, I, I, I follow you on Facebook, and I recommend anyone go. I'll, I'll link up on our Facebook page, but go to Facebook and, if you and watch see it. Some it's cool great. Oh, you're to Tog trips. Yeah. To me, I'm, I'm dying to get out with you for yeah. Tog. We are so uh, a commissioner from uh, Division of Marine Fisheries, caught our biggest to Tog this year. Okay. Uh, it was probably pushing 15 pounds. It was on the research trip. It was caught with a rod and reel, but uh, amazing. yeah, it was awesome. You want to do research like that? Oh my God. It was, I was so happy for him. It Good. was it was very exciting. We got all on video. That video is up on Fishnet Charters, and uh, it's on Fishnet Charters on Facebook as well. And uh, yeah, you want to have some fun. That's what we do. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. I'm with John at Globe. Glow Pro Lures. John, what's your website? <laughs> the website is really simple. It's just uh, GlowProLures.com. G-L-O-P-R-O. And what's the hot lure right now for ice fishing? For ice fishing, we've got the Micro Dancers and the Micro Fries. Uh, those have been really good. Um, done a lot of sales on those. People jigging up uh, bass and walleye and, and stuff through the ice uh, with those. What are they made from? Uh, these here are made from uh, a plastisol that's uh, really stretchy. Uh, the, the jig heads are actually a, a tungsten jig head that um, normally run about an eighth of an ounce. Um, Perfect. These are great. I, I can imagine crushing bass on these and really doing well with uh, lake trout. And I'm just going to pick some up while I'm here because they look great. Um, are those, are those big sellers today? Those have been really big sellers. Our biggest sellers have been our lipless crankbaits, uh, soft plastic. Uh, people really love those. They catch a variety of species. Um, we designed them for bass, but we're finding out that uh, people are catching uh, toad, pickerel, walleye, uh, all kinds of different. Turns out, turns out fish eat everything, don't they? It's, it's just amazing. Sometimes you come up with something for a certain aspect and... People turn it into what they want, and it's just amazing to hear some of the stories and see some of the pictures of what they've done with our lures. And why not? Okay, and the question I'm asking everyone today is, where is the strangest place you ever caught a fish? <laughs> oh, God, I don't know. I travel all over the place. Um, I'm, I'm going to say probably a little stream that I was fishing. Um, actually, weren't even fishing. I just happened to be going by and i said oh, i'm gonna stop there it looked like a little bog and and i threw in and didn't figure i'd ever catch anything but i ended up pulling out of a, about a five pound bass out of there it's a beautiful thing isn't it it is it's amazing some of the places that you go and and i'm fortunate enough fishing the flw tournaments i get to travel all over the place and see some of the nicest waters in the world so you're a professional angler well Somewhat. they they tell me that's my title but we'll we'll see Thank you, John. That's Globe Pro Lures, right? Yes, GlobeProLures.com. <laughs> We're back again. This is my second year seeing Rob from Deuce Fishing Rods. Rob, what's the website? It is uh, DeuceRods.com. Very simple, just DeuceRods.com. I feel like we're all friends because we see you twice now. Like it's like we're best buddies. Yeah, I mean, it was funny because I actually listened to the podcast we did last year. I, I made sure I listened to it so I could see what I'd see here this year. And I do so many shows, sometimes I forget. So I wanted to see what the New England show was going to be. Yeah, it's a good round robin of the space here. And today, this show will be smart. I'm only here one day. This is it. Yeah. Um, so, Rob, so first of all, what is Deuce Rods? Uh, we are a spiral-wrapped rod company, so all of our rods are not traditionally wrapped, so our guides don't move up straight the rod. They actually wrap around the rod in a, a, a spiral. And why does that matter? 
It takes. Sorry, that's okay. So it takes the, the torque of a fish. We, we're all fighting a fish, and when that fish moves left and right, your hand will start to move where the reel is, and it will produce a little slack to pop a hook. With the, with these rods, the top of the rod will do a 360, and your hand on the reel will stay completely straight. Perfect. And here's the question I'm asking all the vendors today: okay. Where is the strangest place you've caught a fish? Uh, I was just in China, actually, and we caught some strange fish in China. What were you catching? Uh, they call them sea bass, and it's like a hybrid of a speckled trout that you see down south and a largemouth bass that you see here. So it had the weirdest streamlined body with the spots, but a mouth that just like you'd see in a, in a bass here in the States. And why were you in China? Uh, I was visiting factories, actually. So uh, I work for a lot of different companies in the industry, and I, I go check uh, quality control of their products being shipped here for the launches around the Bassmaster Classic. That's amazing. You guys hiring? <laughs> I, I could barely afford myself. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. I know other people, but it is. Uh, I mean, we we talked about it last year that the industry is a really cool thing to be around. Totally fun. All right. So thanks, Rob from Deuce Fishing Rods. Links up at fishnerds dot com. Final words. Uh, get out there, fish. Everybody should fish. Get them out. It's good for your soul. Yes. Okay, I'm here with Matt from Hanks Marine. What's your website? www.hanksmarine.com. dot com. And what do you sell at Hanks Marine? Should I ask? <laughs> One boats. Lund is your thing. Lund is my thing. That's all we do is Lund boats, Lund fishing boats. What's what's special about a Lund? Best of the best, longest warranty, best you can get. All right, so the question I'm asking everybody uh, today is, where is the strangest place you've ever caught a fish? Under a nasty bridge in Lake Quinsigamon in Worcester, Mass. What kind of fish was it? Perch. Yellow perch? Yep. Did you eat it? Heck no. <laughs> Are you from Worcester? I'm um, just west of Worcester, yeah. Little, little dirty river. Little dirty river slash lake. Just gross. There's a lot of those around Worcester. and I, I, I taught Lawrence. We had the same kind of issues as Worcester, so I understand what you're talking about. City water. You love that dirty water. All right. Hey, thank you so much. Thank you. Rodney Buswell. Website. Uh, traps.com. And I, I was just saying, I use Heritage Traps, and my guys are beautiful, they work great, catch fish. Uh, and how long have you run this company? Uh, we've had it about 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and they're beautiful traps. Uh, and the question I'm asking everybody at the uh, expo today is, where is the strangest place you've ever caught a fish? Uh, probably in a farm pond. And what kind of fish was it? It was a brook trout. In a farm pond? Yeah, it was a stock trout that was put into a into a uh, farm pond, and it was a little over three pounds. That's a pretty big stock trout. <laughs> yes, it is. That's yes, amazing. it is. And I had it mounted, and I have it on my wall. Perfect. When, when was this? I was about 10 years old, so that was about 57 years ago. I was going to say 22 years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's quite a few. Yeah. Quite a few years ago. Amazing. That says Heritage Tackle and Gear. And website again? www.heritagetraps.com. Jay's Custom Rods, old friends. I've known you guys for like eight years, nine years. I don't even know. Forever since you launched, right? We kind of came at the same time. Yeah. So it's 2012-ish, 11-ish, 13? Who knows? Either way. I can't remember. Either way, we've seen you at lots of expos all over the place. So we're asking all the vendors here today one question. Okay. First of all, which website? JaceRods.com. Let's make sure we get that out in the open. Great custom rods. Thank you. Nice blanks. We're going to someday get what I want made. Okay. Um, But the question is... Where is the strangest place you've ever caught a fish? That's a good one. Um, 
strangest place I've ever caught a fish. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's always on the lake. Always on the lake. <laughs> That's what I said. Um, you know, the strangest place we've sold a rod was at a urinal. Jay did that. Perfect. Um, it's it's always good. Year, it's actually. always good. I was just, by the way, I was just peeing. And for those who don't know, I, I get pee shy, which means I can't, I have a proximal peeing problem. If you're standing next to me, I can't pee. Yeah. If you're one urinal away, I'm okay. Okay. So, but but at fishing and hunting expos, guys love peeing next to each other. They love it. And they talk to you while they're peeing. It's horrible. It's a family style. It's it's disgusting. It's awful. It's so hard. But so I would not know. So that's how you close a deal. You sell a rod while holding one. Oh jeez. So, yeah. Well, you have asked Jay for the full story there, but last year, yeah, he closed a deal. God, what do you shake after? Yeah, I, I don't know. He said it's kind of awkward. The guy came out of the bathroom, was holding his credit card, and the wife was like, "What?" Well, it's worse things to walk out of the bathroom holding. I suppose. So, all yeah. right. Well, we'll follow up with Jay for that story later. Definitely. Thank you. Yes. With LakesideLodging.com, what is your name? I'm Sarah Stewart, and I'm Jordan Stolt. And do you two fish? Yes, 100%. First of all, where is Lake Cabazugatunki? What does that lake say? Lake Cabazicanti. We're in Winthrop, Maine. However, the lake stretches out over five townships. And that, that's where your lodge is? Our lodge, our lodge is on the north part of Cabazi, which is in East Winthrop. Uh, it's pretty easy to get to. We're right off of 202. Perfect. And people can book and stay there and have a guide service while they're there? Absolutely. You can book and stay with us. And if you so desire uh, or need a guide, we can make the arrangements for what you are looking for. How's the ice fishing? Amazing. I definitely recommend it. We have largemouth bass, smallmouth bass, pike, crappie, anything you're looking for. So. I'd love to find a good pike fishery. I'm an ice fishing guide, and we don't have a good pike fishery in New Hampshire, so it's kind of a bummer. So you need to come and see us. Um, it's really beautiful on our lake, especially this time of year, um, mostly because we have such a large pike population. Um, we actually have contributed to the eagle population. So all these wonderful fishermen come out, they leave these um, large pike just to help out with the ecology of the lake. And as a repercussion of that, we've had this beautiful eagle population move in. So you're ice fishing and you're having a wonderful time with your friends and your family and literally having these beautiful bald eagles sweep over you. For those who are like, oh no, don't kill the fish. They are invasive. Is that correct? It is an invasive species. It's actually killing off some of our... um, Native species that are so important uh, to the ecology and to the and to our lake um, as it is. So we are very conscientious of um, keeping our species native. So when we do have an invasive species move in, we do encourage and listen to the, what biologists r- uh, recommend. And part of that is depending on the size of the pike. Yes, please remove it from the lake. And you also could eat them because they are delicious, right? So question we're asking everyone today at the expo is where is the strangest place you ever caught a fish oh boy this is a this is a good one hmm strangest place i don't know i'm trying to think of where the strangest place i've ever caught a fish someone else from lakeside it just showed up what's your name sir my name is zach stewart hey zach i'm clay from the fish nerds podcast uh we just did it we just learned all about what's going on here now we're asking one question where is the strangest place you ever caught a fish and by the way where's my beer yeah, I know. Where is your beer? Jordan, where is his beer? Oh, boy. The strangest place that I ever caught a fish. The strangest place that I ever caught a fish. That's a tough one. I don't know why this is so tough for me. 
We've had answers like drainage ditches. I had one kid tell me he got a lure stuck in a tree and a fish jumped out of water and was hanging from the tree. So, Actually, you know what? The strangest fish that I ever caught a fish was on my wife's fishing line. So, the, so she catches this nice fish, and I'm trying to clear my line, and she ends up reeling backwards. And while I was clearing the line, I picked up on her line, I ended up catching the fish while she's still reeling backwards. So that's the first time I've ever caught a fish on somebody else's line. That would be the strangest place. I've I was ice fishing the other day, and I was snowmobiling around the lake, and I saw this couple pulling a string as hard as they can out of an ice fishing hole, but there was no traps around. And I said, what happened? And they said, well, we were fishing, and we hooked a string from someone else's fishing trap, and there was a salmon on it. We let the salmon go. But there's no one else fishing around here, and we have the string under the ice. So somehow a trap is under the ice with a salmon on it. They caught the string and the salmon. Perfect. And, of course, it's New Hampshire. Salmon was released. But uh, it's crazy. So your website again? It was lakesidelodging.com. And do you want to contribute to the weird fish story? Do you have another story? I don't think I can top that because I was part of that story. I was, I was the one letting out the line. I was the rookie in the moment. So. Here, he's taking credit. For your work, <laughs> it's that's actually a, a, a very common theme in our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. That's LakesideLodging.com. All right, Clay Groves from FishNerds.com. We are hanging out here live at the New England Fishing and Outdoor Expo, beautiful downtown Boxborough. Uh, Mr. Green, I already forgot your first name. Darren, Darren Green, Darren Green with Line Cutters. Uh, first of all, where's Vance? He is in Washington doing another show. 3,000 miles away. you think because I'm here, he'd bother to show up. You would think. You would think. But I did the show last year, so I wanted to come back. So you get a twofer. I do. All right. So uh, this is Line Cutters Ring. For those who don't know, what is Line Cutters? Give us the quick pitch. Uh, it's going to be a ring that you can either wear. It's fully adjustable. And it's going to cut any of your fishing line. Last July, we actually came out with a flat mount cutter as well. 3M adhesive, so you can stick it anywhere in your boat, kayak, coolers, any flat surface. I have one of my ice fishing shack, so we're totally great. So, uh, congratulations! You're two years in at this at this expo. People care about what you're saying. Yes, it's uh, we were voted best braid cutter in 2017. Uh, one of the big things we signed Mike Iconelli about four months ago to be uh, face of the company. We're sponsoring him, so it's it's been awesome to see that. And he has the second best fishing podcast. I hear uh, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, next to you, next to me. Yeah, it's funny. I was in his hometown a couple weeks ago at a uh, at a at a uh, brewery, and I did some tweeting, and he tweeted me back. Said, "You're in my town. You don't even come to see me." But screw him. So, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm asking. I actually don't like him, but I'm asking everybody one question. A listener called in and called this question: Where is the weirdest place you ever caught a fish? Hmm, weirdest place. Um, I would have to say literally sitting. My, my line was sitting over my boat, and I went up to grab some food, and my rod was gone. Your rod was in the water? It was nowhere to be found. Did you have to, like, jive in and catch it, or it was just gone? It literally was gone. So the, the lure itself was probably two inches off the water, so I'm assuming it was a bass. Grabbed it, and it was gone. Is it possible someone stole it? I was alone. <laughs> so I hope not. Yeah, but yeah, it was kind of weird. All right, cool. Well, that's funny because it happened to me once, and I caught a pickerel doing that. And I was just sitting my rod in the boat with a with a lure dangling off the edge. So, okay, that's linecutters.com. Line, yep, linecutters.com. www.linecutters.com. And of course, lots of links at fishnurse.com. And if you haven't heard of linecutters, 
Google Shark Tank and Line Cutters, watch the show, and then buy the stuff, right? You got it. All right, thank you. Awesome, thank you. All right, we're here at the New England Fishing Outdoor Expo with Tiny LaFontaine from the NEPVA. What is the NEPVA? That's the New England chapter of the Paralyzed Veterans. We organized a bass trail for them going on 18 years. Going on a long time. And you've been here. I met you last year, right? Yeah, I've been here. Uh, we're, we're part of the fixtures, we'll say it like that. You know, We've been around a long time, yeah. But you, do, you run a nice service, and it's important to get veterans out and moving and catching the fish and having a good time and thanking them for their service. Is that why you do it? Absolutely. We have so many uh, neighbors, friends, family members that serve this great country, and it's a way for us to give back and take some of our time. Yes, and one of them is seven. Yeah, Seven-year-old volunteer. It's good, and, and a lot of people volunteer for this. So, uh, Tiny, I'm asking everybody one question today, and that is, where is the strangest place you caught a fish? Strangest place I caught a fish in a little, in, in a little hole in Boobin used to be next to Tabby Cat Food. And uh, you would never think there was anything in there but frogs and turtles, but there's some nice bass in them ponds. So you caught a bass in a cat pond? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. I would ag- Tabby Cat Food, where else would you find fish? I would expect catfish there, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that's the uh, NEPVA, and you have a website? Uh, NEPVA.org or PVA New England Chapter.org. You can go and check out all our events. Everything's out there, the dates, so we're set to go for another year. Perfect, and we'll put links up at fishnerds.com for you. Thank you, Tiny. Okay, thank you very much. We're here with Sean from New England Bass. First of all, what what is New England Bass? Uh, so New England Bass is my, my YouTube channel that I have. Right now we're about like 800 subscribers, and we're still growing. So I just heard YouTube just changed their rules. Yeah. And now you need, what, 2,000 subscribers yeah, before you, need, you can monetize? Yes, you need Those bastards! Yeah, you Are need 1,000 subscribers and like 4,000 hours of watch time over the past 12 months. Right, and so how old are you? Um, 15. Okay, 16. so Fish Nerds fans, we need the dozens of listeners. We need you all to go to New England Bassing. Is that the? It's New England. It's New England Bass on YouTube, but I one of my sponsors is New, is New England Bass. Oh, so New England, YouTube. New England Bass on YouTube. But we'll put links at fishnerds.com and subscribe. Help this kid make money. He's trying to make it. Wouldn't it be great to make a living on yeah. YouTube? Yeah, it'd be awesome. It'd be cool. You can't yeah. make it podcasting, but YouTube is a hope mm-hmm. for it. So, um, and, and I, I assume you talk about bass. Yeah, I, mean, I do like tutorials. I go out in my kayak or do tournament videos, things like that. So. All right. So I'm going to ask. I'm asking all the vendors here one question, and we ask you the same question. I'm asking them, where is the strangest place you've caught a fish? Uh, there was a there was like a garage that was like partially in the water, and I there was a probably an inch like above the water. So I cast it in the little crack. And there was like a dink bass in there. I was so surprised. It was like in the middle of the lake heads too. It was crazy. That's cool. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna add one more layer to that. What's the strangest thing you've ever caught? Um, I don't know. I don't think I've caught anything super crazy yet. You're Not young. Yet. There's time. Yeah, there's time. There's, there's time. I last year I was fishing with a bunch of kids on Lake Ospie, New Hampshire, and we caught um, a pair of underwear, men's underwear. Oh, really? Yeah, and one of the kids says, those are good underwear, you can wash them, you can wear them, they'd be great. So, that's yeah. my strangest thing so far. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, so say your, web, your YouTube channel one more time. Uh, New England Bass. New England Bass, and yep. we'll put links up, and you need subscribers, or you can't make money. Yeah. So, all right, we're in. All right, thank you so much. Yep. Uh, it's the end of the first night of the New England Fishing Outdoor Expo. I'm about to go home, but I can't go home without talking to... Richie Vaughn from Twin Maple Outdoors. Longtime show listeners know him because he's been part of the show for a long time from Maine. 
Uh, and uh, first of all, what is Twin Maple Outdoors for new people? Well, Twin Maple Outdoors is located about 30 minutes north of Bangor. And we're centrally located, easy access to Down East Maine, Mount Katahdin region, and Moosehead. We're a part of the Highlands. That could be only one Highlander. Yeah, and, and we've known each other for a couple of years. Uh, I don't think we've ever fished together. Not, we haven't kind of connected on that level. No, we haven't. Um, but um, I'm always uh, willing to book anybody that comes along. Someday. <laughs> Someday. And, and you can book at TwinMapleOutdoors.com. Richard is a great guide. He'll feed you lunch. He'll put you on fish and have a great time. You do uh, ice fishing trips too, right? I do, yep. Yeah, we guide uh, ice fishing trips on mostly uh, big glacial lake. Um, so basically our, our big glacial lakes start in February, but this year we've been blessed with some really cold weather. So we were able to do uh, some fishing in January this year where I traditionally can't because of the springs and the wind and the, you know, the, the warm weather, that warm cold, warm cold. So we got 24 inches of ice going into February. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. It's gonna be, we're going to be slamming them. Favorite fish through the ice? It's got to be the lake trout. I'm starting to really dial those in and really, really enjoy them. It's a little bit addictive. It's a predator fish. It's the top of the food chain in the lakes. Um, I like them. Uh, we have an overabundance in Maine of lake trout, so they're encouraging people to keep. Uh, there is a slot on those. Um, we're trying to get some bigger lake trout, so, you know, those three, four pounders are perfect for eating as long as you cook them fresh. Awesome. All right, thank you. And, and I, I've never had a good taste in lake trout, so I have to get up there and taste one. I'll tell you what, you come fish with me, we'll, we'll cook some up in a cast iron pan, we'll throw some butter in there, some lemon, we'll, we'll do, uh, you know, we'll cook it up nice and golden brown for you, nice fresh, some homemade French bread, and we'll do some blackening on the fish, and it'll just melt in your mouth. All right, I'm, I'm, it sounds perfect. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep trying them as I catch them. Huh? I'm in, I'm in. Okay. I'm, I'll always try it again. I'm not going to give up. My job. I'm just trying to do my job. I've got to be a sales guy. I've got to be a, you know... Uh, a repair guy, uh, fisher guy, and all around. Oh, I got to be a fire starter. I got to make those campfires too. You can't let the clients make the fires. Don't trust them with matches. So the question I'm asking everybody today is: Where is the strangest place you've ever caught a fish? Oh boy, that's that's a that's a good one. The strangest place I've ever caught a fish has got to be. Mm-hmm. Does it have to be in Maine? And, well, Maine is a pretty strange place, but um, it, it can be anywhere. <laughs> I'm going to say it's probably going to be in Connecticut, um, catching fish next to a drainage ditch. It's probably the strangest place I've ever... You know, I caught a, a stock trout in a drainage ditch in Connecticut. So maybe they stocked the ditch? They stocked the ditch, and I caught him. <laughs> did, did you eat it? Uh, no. Catch and release. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's TwinMapleOutdoors.com. Dwight Dion, how's it going? You're from Radfish Lures today. Yep, Radfish Lures, uh, homegrown right here in Massachusetts, Springfield. All our baits are made right here in Massachusetts. And you're also a pro angler. You compete. I compete ABA, NEBA, a few other tournament trails, and we're always trying to be competitive. And uh, and so, uh, first of all, what's RadfishLures.com is a website, right? Y- yes, it is. Uh, RadfishLures.com. Radfish Lures is the Z Slug, Six Trick, Freak Frog, and Rad Shad. All absolutely great baits that hammer and fish all year. It's so fun to say all those words together. So the question I'm asking everyone tonight is, where is the strangest place you've caught a fish? A swamp, like a real heavy-duty swamp where you didn't think anything was going to live there. And I've roped a couple three- and four-pounders out of places like that. 
three, four pounder what? Largemouth. Yeah, they love the swamps. Yeah, the, the muddier, the better sometimes. All right, that's Dwight Dion from RadfishLures.com, and they can find you on Facebook, right? Yes, they can. You can find me at uh, Dwight Dion Fishing. You can follow my fishing adventures everywhere from Lake Sebago, Maine, down to Hartwell, South Carolina. And I follow you as well, and I fish with you, and I'm, I'm super happy to know you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Clay. So that's it. You've listened to a bunch of fish nerds when you should have been fishing. We'd like to thank our families for su- supporting us while we podcast. Go on Fishing Quest and do all sorts of silly things that nerds do. Special thanks to Doc Martin and Fish Guy Josh. And a very big thanks to Go Fish Dan from the New England Fishing Outdoor Expo. Also want to thank Liam Geary from Backwoods Graphics. He does our decals. Maybe some great banners. We appreciate it. And of course, big fat thanks to Sammy. Hey, Sammy, quick question for you. What is your favorite podcast? You like uh, Story Pirates? Story Pirates, like for the, sure. How about the Varmints? Um, but my full favorite is Fish Nerds. You get it. You don't listen to the Fish Nerds podcast. I do. Really? Mm-hmm. Do you like the Varmints podcast? Yes. You like... Um, I like Story Pirates. This American Life? Radio Lab. <laughs> All right. Uh, so until next time, follow the code of the fish nerds. Spawn early and often. Avoid free lunches with strings attached. <laughs> swim, a- swim against the current every chance you get. Excellent. And Sam, what is the biggest secret fishing? Wait, be patient and make sure the fish is like, oh, it's there. No, no, it's, no, it's there. It's there. No, it's there. It has to be there. Where is it? And then they finally find it, and then.